Well, good to be with you this morning. Happy New Year. We are here. We are ready to go. January 6th. Take a look at this beautiful photo. It's okay. It's okay. This is, this is a photo of darkness. It'll come up in just a second. I know Rosie's working hard on it back there. Give Rosie a hand. Come on, Rosie. So what you'd be seeing up there is a beautiful picture of a Ford GT Mustang. G- what is it, Justin? Help me out. Where'd my son go? A Shelby GT350. Yes, it's a beautiful car. It'll come on in just a second. You'll be able to see it. It's like a blue, kind of a blue color with a nice stripe. It's really nice. I wasn't really as into Mustangs, really, until my son started to... Oh, there we go. Oh, no, that's PowerPoint. We don't want that. You can see the car on there, couldn't you? So I'm a, I'm a guy... And I live with three other guys in a home that think that muscle cars are pretty cool. I'm sure that uh, some of you have um, a love for different types of automobiles. But when you look at a vehicle, when you look at a car, and uh, you take a look at all the parts and the pieces to it, what, what are some of the things when you look at a car, or when you think of a car, uh, some of the things that are needed in order for it to operate? Okay, it needs a steering wheel. Yeah, it needs, what else? An engine. A, a, tra- a transmission. Good. What else? Brakes. It needs brakes. It needs a driver. That's right. What else? Wheels. It needs wheels. Does it need a, a windshield? No, it doesn't. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Oh, there it is. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That's a beautiful automobile there. So... Yeah, you don't really have to have a windshield, you know, for, I mean, for this car you do, but uh, otherwise, unless you want a lot of bugs in your teeth when you're driving fast. Yeah, no, 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 this, this is a beautiful Ford Mustang GT350, so um, when you think of a car, when you look at a car and you see the things that are necessary, sometimes when I, when I look at a vehicle like this, and, or look at any vehicle, and I think about the parts that are needed to make it work. This is where kind of the pastor side of me kicks in. I start to think about, you know, what are the essentials that are necessary for me, necessary for us as a disciple of Jesus to operate in this world? Like, what are the things that are necessary in order for us to really live, for us to really operate in the world? What are the foundational and the fundamental principles that are necessary, that need to be in place and operational in the life of a follower of Jesus, to really live the life that Jesus has for us. Do you ever stand back and think about that? You know, what are the things that need to be foundational to my existence in order for me to really live the way God wants me to? And that's what this series is about that we're going to take a look at over the next several weeks. It's called The Essentials. And uh, we are, we are in the midst of some transition as a church, right? We've, we've been there. We've been processing through that for the last several months. Um, I'm incredibly excited and optimistic and hopeful for our future as a church. Um, and uh, I was just talking, not to single out my daughter, but my daughter was sitting there next to me. She's like, I'm just looking forward to the fact when we have 
more people and more people in the life of our church and more girls that are my daughter's age. She's excited about that opportunity. And so we have an opportunity to make an impact for the kingdom of God here in Fremont area by partnering up with Echo Church. And so it's a very exciting, uh, hopeful future for us. We know that in the context of that, that, you know, that for many of us, it's going to cause us, right, to think differently and to operate differently as a church. And there may be some things in the life of how we've operated as a church that are going to change and, uh, and it'll look different, and things are going to be functioning different around here. But change is necessary for us to move forward. Change is necessary for us to get about being about the mission of Jesus, which is to see more people come into a relationship, a life-giving relationship with Jesus, uh, and to become his followers, and, in, by that, and by that process to be reproducing themselves, themselves in the lives of others to further that process. That's what the church is to be about. And so we're excited to be able to be partnering with Echo and, and transitioning with Echo to see those changes occur for us as we move forward. And I felt led, just in this process at this time as we've kind of hit January, I've been led to share with you some things as your pastor that I think are incredibly essential, some, some words of transition for us that I think are incredibly important things for us to be giving our lives to. And I want to share with you over the next several weeks some of the things that God has put on my heart to share with you, our church, our congregation, as we explore and as we look forward to this transition, this next season of our existence as a church. And I'm going to share these with you over the next several weeks. And the first one, and we're not going to kind of look at this in any particular order per se, um, but the, so don't don't gauge the first one as being the most important over the other ones that we're going to talk about. But the first essential that we're going to look at is this concept of learning to live in the now. This concept of learning to live in the now. What I basically did, just to back up, is I sat down and I thought, if I were to share with our church family four, five, six different things that I would want every person to take with them, these are the things I came up with. These are things that are incredibly close to my heart that have made a transformational difference in my relationship with Jesus and have brought me to life and to health in my relationship with him. And I think they're essential uh, for us as followers of Jesus as we move forward. So the first one is to learn to live in the now. Now this may seem a little weird, a little kind of a crate. Why did this make your top list of four or five things? This first essential concept of learning to live in the now is an incredibly important one because it, it helps us to understand the importance of learning to live in the moment that we currently are living in right now. To learn to live and experience life right as we are in the moments that we live in in this moment. Being present in the now and in the today of what we're currently doing. You see, much of life passes us by while we're busy moving on to the next thing. When we're thinking about moving on to the next thing, right? We're driven by an agenda. We're driven by things that we have to do. And so we quickly finish one thing to move on to the next. And much of life can be missed as we are trying to move on or think about the next thing. Uh, Cheryl and I took the family to Disneyland last, uh, well, it was actually on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Can you believe it? Crazy, right? So there's our family in front of, we were at California Adventure. That was one of our pictures uh, that we took. Pretty cool. Right, right as the fog started to lift. So it was really cool. Great experience. And so like I said, we visited Disneyland at Disney California on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And we had never done that before. We'd never gone on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. 
And um, one of the things that's really cool about Disneyland that they have going on now is this thing called the Max Pass, okay? little plug. I guess I should get some money from Disney for plugging their, their, uh, their stuff here. But So there's this thing called the Max Pass, and it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, for $10 a day per ticket, and it's really worth it based on what you get here, um, you can access the Disneyland app on your phone, and basically you can select and, and have all of your Fast Passes available to you on your phone. You can also, so if you're not familiar with the Fast Pass, you know, you basically go at Disneyland, you, they have these kiosks, and you go and you put your ticket in, and it generates a Fast Pass, and it says, come back during these hours to ride the ride, so you don't have to wait in these massive, crazy lines, right? So, um, so now they've done this on the phone, and so now you can, when you get to your, or you can open it up, and you can select what ride, and it'll tell you right on your phone, like, what the hours are and the times of the Fast Pass, and you select it and hit OK, and you're automatically into the system, and uh, when the fast pass time shows up, all of a sudden your phone just alerts up, and all these fast passes start showing up on your screen. And you just scan them at the right when you walk through the 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 uh, in the line, and a little barcode scans everything and makes green lights bling at you. It's kind of cool, kind of it's all visual effect, right? So um, so it's a really cool concept. And every ninety minutes you can get a new fast pass. So whether or not you've actually gone and done that ride yet or not, every ninety minutes you can log in. So you can have essentially have a bunch of fast passes sitting in your phone for the rest of the day and kind of have the rest of your day planned um, in terms of uh, going on different rides at Disneyland. Now, one of the other cool things about the Max Pass, besides the Fast Pass component, is that you can, this, I love this one too, is because you can order food right through your phone as well. So they have all this mobile ordering. So you can select on your thing, you can find, this is restaurant close to me and I want to order a cheeseburger and a fry or whatever. And you can select it and pay for it on your app and then go to the mobile pickup window and just pick it up and you skip this, these massive lines of people. And it's the best way to do Disney. Again, Disney should be giving me an honorarium for plugging their Max Pass. So, um, so I love this, the idea of being able to get the food. And the other thing that's really cool too, if you go back, um, Rosie, go back to that last picture of our family. So you get these pictures where you're able to um, where you're able to have them take pictures of your family, the professional pho- photographers, and uh, and then they just scan little barcode on your Max Pass, and all the photos download to your phone, right? So it's a really cool thing for ten bucks a day. It's kind of a pretty awesome experience. And so Disney's done a really good job of reducing the amount of of running around and walking. I don't know if you. Last time you've been at Disneyland, but I used to go at Disney and, and I'd have all the pa- fast passes in my hand and it'd be like, what ride do you want to get a fast pass for? And the kids are like, Space Mountain, because they always say Space Mountain, right? So, so then dad takes all the fast passes and I run to Space Mountain, right? And I go to the fast pass machine and I get the fast pass tickets and I run back to Pirates, wherever they are, right? So now that's all been eliminated because now I can just click on my phone. I don't have to run around the park trying to find fast passes. And this kind of feeds into my problem with Disneyland. It's one of my downfalls with Disney, and that is that I am so focused on getting from one ride to the next ride. I'm in a hurry to get through and to see Disneyland, to experience all the things about Disneyland. And so it's easy for me to miss the overall experience when I'm so focused on making sure that I get to the next ride, that I get to the next event. And so when we went this past Christmas, it was really cool because Cheryl and I kind of recognized that about myself. And so we just went and it was like much more low-key. It was like, we're not going to try to, you know, maximize the ticket experience, right? We're not going to try to run all over the place. We're going 
We're going to do what we can. We're going to take in the sights. We're going to take in the experience. We're going to go on the Little Mermaid ride, you know, and not have to get on the big rides, you know, all the time. And so it was a, it was a great way to be able to actually live into the moment, to slow our pace, to be more present with what we were experiencing. And so for me, that makes a place like Disneyland much more enjoyable because for me, it eliminates this stress of trying to figure things out and run from one place to the next. And I'm able to experience more joy and more peace. I'm able to learn to live more in the present, in the now, to see Jesus in the moments that I'm in and to be thankful, to be thankful for my family to be together, to be thankful to take a picture in front of a Ferris wheel, right? To be able to experience that and to live in that moment without trying to think about, okay, what are we doing next? You see, this is how God wants us to live. He wants us to live in a place of where we are experiencing him in the routines, in the real life of today, in the moments that we find ourselves in. He wants us to learn to live more in the now. And this doesn't mean that we don't plan or we shouldn't plan on our future or we shouldn't focus on what's coming up next in our lives. Certainly we need to do that. To to not do that would be irresponsible. But it does mean that with at least the same amount of energy we focus on obsessing about what comes next and what our next plans are, we need to focus at least the same amount of energy of being present in the moments that we're in, to experience the life that we're currently living in, in the moment. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians, or look with me here, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. It says here, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Let me read it one more time. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You see, Paul is calling us to pay attention to how we're living. How are we living in the moments of our day? How are we living in the now? What are we doing as we go through our day? It's not just this this mental concept, like generally, like how am I living, like in general? I mean, that certainly can be implied here. But how am I actually living day in and day out? What am I doing with my time? And he tells us that we should be wise in how we do this living, That we should look at our living through the lens of God's eyes, with this eternal perspective, that we live in the now with a grasp of the reality of the Spirit's presence in our lives, that God is with us. And then he says that the outpouring of wise living in the now results in making most, or making the most of hundreds of opportunities that come our way each day. So be careful then how you live. Live it in a wise way. Make the most of your opportunities. Because let's face it, time is short. And the days are evil. We live in a world that doesn't think this way. That thinks about doing things to advocate for the elevation of self and to get what we want in this world. We don't live in this world typically as people with an eye towards heaven and a focus on how God would have us see our current day in and day out existence. 
So let me talk about some practical things here as we look at this this morning, this idea of learning to live in the now. What does it practically look like? How do we learn to live in the now? And the first thing I want to share with you is to create consistent space to be with Jesus. Create consistent space to be with Jesus. You see, the pace of life naturally moves us towards busyness and activity, right? Can we agree to that, right? The pace of life, particularly where we live in the Silicon Valley, leads us to this place of busyness and activity on a constant basis. I need to become more productive. I've got more things to do. And, and you, you all know, like your to-do list and the things that need to be done each day just continues to get longer and longer, right? There's so many things that need to be accomplished, so many things that need to be figured out. And so setting aside time with God is incredibly important because it, it, it fights, it, 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 uh, it pushes back in our face the way that our normal routines are operating, are driving us towards. And so setting aside time with God can help us refocus. It can help us reorient on what's important in life. To not get overwhelmed by the routine and the busyness and the activity. And so when we're in this time with God, we can ask him to help us to be more aware of our moments. That he would help us to live more in the moment and to see him there. It creates this space, this, this break. It says, okay, I can, I can stand back for a bit and I can focus on what's really important. And when we could create this consistent space to be with Jesus, we, we can learn to... Uh, and I love this concept, too, of learning to sit, and the words I use are learning to sit in his love for us. As we sit in his love, as we, as we contemplate, as we think about, as we remember how deeply loved we are as children of God, God has a way of kind of magically helping us recognize that your life is so much bigger and so much more important than the series of choices that you make good or bad. It's so much more important than the things you will ever do or not do. Because your identity is wrapped up in who I am. That's what God says to us. Your identity is wrapped up in me, being my child. And so when we sit with that awareness and that reality, it can sometimes free us from the need to try to accomplish more and more and more, to try to achieve success so that we can make a name for ourselves, or to try to try to appease some need that we have that uh, we don't feel like we're really effective as people or, or valued as people unless we're actually uh, uh, being effective in how we spend our time all the time or that we're producing something or creating something new for somebody else to experience. And so as we create consistent space to be, to be with Jesus, one of the goals that we can have for ourselves in that space, in that time with God, is to ask for his grace to learn to live in the moment with him that day. Help me, Jesus, to see you today. Help me to experience you today as I go through my, my life, my busyness, my routine, my to-do list, my activities and responsibilities. You know, there's a, and I've shared this before, but uh, there's, a, there's something called the prayer of examine, which is a helpful activity uh, that can help um, with this reality, being aware of this reality. And I, and I want to just run through this with you a little bit this morning as a helpful way 
to, to learn to live in this place of, of abiding and communing with God in the midst of our, of our day. It's kind of hard to read that, those words, isn't it, there? So the exam, I'll read what it says in the paragraph there. The examine is a method of reviewing your day in the presence of God. It's actually an attitude more than a method. A time set aside for thankful reflection on where God is in your everyday life. It is five steps which most people take more or less in order, and it usually takes 15 to 20 minutes per day. Here it is in a nutshell. Uh, St. Ignatius would say, who came up with this, would say, if you can't do anything else in your whole day, you don't have any time to do anything else in your whole day as it pertains to your relationship with God, do the prayer of examine. Do the prayer of examine. The only thing you ever do, just do the prayer of examine. And this is what it is. Basically, it's coming to God and asking God for light. So we ask God, I want to look at my day, God, with your eyes. So we prepare our hearts, right? We prepare our hearts to, to see our day, the day that we just came through, with God's eyes. Help us to see our day the way you see it, okay? I would actually change this. I would put number two, I would say, is review the day. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that way, okay? So the next thing I would say is that you begin to review your day. You begin to look back on the day you just completed as you're being guided by the Holy Spirit in this process, and so you begin, what I do is I, I think about the, so a lot of times I'll do this in the morning, and so I'll think about, okay, last night, and I'll kind of progressively work myself the way from last night through the morning of the day prior. And I'll just t- step by step stop walking myself through that day. And so there's a couple things that you do as you review that day, as you start to think through, what activities did I give myself to during that day? First thing I like to do is I like to give thanks because I become very aware of the blessings that God has poured out in my life the past day that I just totally missed. Like, oh, that conversation I had with that person, that was awesome, or that was a real blessing, or, wow, I had this really great cup of coffee at Pete's Coffee, right? And I'm like, thankful for that, right? It's amazing how the small things create a spirit of gratitude and thankfulness of the gifts of God in our lives. And so we can review our day with this spirit and this mindset of thankfulness, what is, how has God shown up in my day? And I want to give thanks for it. And then we also approach our day through this lens of facing our shortcomings. And so what, where did I not live or where did I not operate in a way that, that was God-honoring or that was generated out of self, right? A lot of times for me, I, I immediately, things that start coming to my mind is when I start experiencing anger or frustration or anxiety because they're typically linked to something in my life where I'm trying to maintain control over or that I'm trying to find my identity in and it's not being met. And so a lot of times I'll look back and I'll see short, I'll look at the places where I was angry or frustrated the previous day and God has some work for me to do there. I can look at that area or that, that conversation that happened and, and say, you know what, Jesus, would you help me here? Because I could see the way I responded here was really selfish. That, that, created, that was a selfish response and it created frustration and anger. So would you help me the next time, right, to, to, to not be thinking so self, uh, selfishly in this, in this relationship? Help me to be more selfless. And so that's an example. So like you can look through your day and find those things, those places where you know you have not been living that past day in the way that would be the way Jesus would live in your shoes and ask him for his, his help. 
moving forward. And then the last thing is, that, is looking forward to the day to come. So as you've kind of looked back and you've thanked God and you've looked back and you've seen the ways that you didn't really walk with Jesus the previous day, then you look forward to the day that's coming up. And as you do that, there may be things that are on your schedule, things that you're aware of, conversations you're going to have. There's things that happen in our day that we, that we don't know what, that, that are going to happen, right? There's a lot of things that we are confronted with each day that we didn't plan on. We can't really do anything about those during this time, but there are things that we can do, uh, the things that we do know about, asking for God's help and His grace to help us in these areas as we move forward for that particular day. Now, what's really cool about this prayer of examine is that the prayer of examine is an activity, it's an exercise that you can do on a daily basis. But this exercise builds a greater awareness of God's presence with you throughout the day and your ability to find Him in the moments of your day. What's, I like to use the word magical. Maybe it's because I was at Disney a couple weeks ago. But what makes it magical is that it's not just something that you do during a quiet time with God. But because you're living in this on a consistent basis, you begin to live more in the moments of your day thinking about this reality as you go through your day. And so you begin to experience a more with God life as you walk with God through your day. You see, you cannot live within the examine during the day if you aren't practicing the examine at a consistent time. So if you don't practice this in the evening or in the morning, then it's much harder to live within the principles during the day. So if you want to experience more of God in the moments of your day, you want to live more in the now, experiencing the presence of the Spirit in the way in your waking hours, this is a helpful activity that will help grease the wheels for you throughout, throughout the day to keep you alert and sensitive and aware to the things that God is bringing before you during the day. I promise you it works. We can't learn to live in the now if we're not creating a consistent space to be with Jesus. We've got to create that time. We've got to create that space to be with him. I I thought back as I was praying through and reading through this again this morning. There's a book that I came across several years ago. uh, And I've referred to it here before, but it's a book called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. And it's a, it's a book that actually Brother Lawrence didn't write. He was a monk, and he didn't write the book, but somebody wrote it about him and about observing his life. And basically, this was a guy that was in a monastery, and he was the dishwasher. And he, the, the guy who writes about him chronicles how this guy, it was amazing how this guy, in just the, the minutia of the day, the busyness of the day, He had created this ongoing, life-giving awareness of walking with Jesus throughout the moments of his day. So the concept of praying without ceasing that Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians 5, like, that's what this is referring to. It's not walking around babbling and talking to God verbally or even mentally all day long and running into flagpoles and, you know, falling off the sidewalk or whatever because you're not focused on reality. It's this awareness, this living into this awareness of the presence of the Spirit of God with us throughout our day. And I'll tell you what happens. The more that we walk with God during the day, 
The more that we learn to live in the now, what happens is that it naturally creates a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude in our lives. We begin to see the gifts and the blessings of life as they are. And it helps us navigate the tremendous challenges and turmoils and disappointments of life with greater grace. Because we can look at them through God's eyes. And so... How do we practically learn to live in the now? We create consistent space to be with Jesus. It starts there, friends. It starts there. Creating a space to be with Him will then fuel the ability to live in the moments of your day more consistently with an awareness of His Spirit with you. The second thing that's practical in this, how do we learn to live in the now? I like to talk about it this way. Slow your pace. Walk slower, drive slower, observe, pray, and be thankful. I've found this to be tremendously helpful for me. I mean, do you ever find yourself getting to the end of the day and feel that the day went by so fast because you're so busy and so active, and you're like, where was God today? Right? Like, my relationship with God, non-existent today. I had so many things on my plate to do. Just, where was he? It happens quite a bit for all of us, doesn't it? We find ourselves living in that place. How often are we focused on rushing through our activities to get to the next one? You know, using my Disneyland example, consider what is missed in the rush of moving from one ride to the next. So I jump off a space mountain and want to go to the haunted house, and I'm moving across that place trying to achieve a fast pass. Consider all of the faces all of the experience going on between here and there that I'm missing because I'm so focused on getting from point A to point B. One way to be more aware of this is a very intentional way of slowing. I, it sounds so ridiculous. That's, why I guess, why it's so powerful. But it's to be intentional and slow our pace, to slow down. For me, I tend to be a rusher. I move quickly from this to that, My brain is always moving at light speed. I'm always thinking about one thing to the next thing and what else needs to be accomplished. And so one of the ways that I help focus in on what's going on in front of me right now is I intentionally slow down my pace when I walk or I drive. It's funny. Even when I come out of my office, when I become aware of it and alert, you'll watch me intentionally slow down my walk. Because I will tend to sprint, walk, sprint walk to get things done. And I will t- intentionally slow down. And in that slowdown of pace physically, it triggers a reality in my head to find God in the present. It's what it does. Those two things are linked. So as I walk slower, I begin to be more alert to what's going on around me. It's a way that I've kind of trained my head to process it. And so I, I look around and I observe more. As I walk by Tracy's office, or I see Tracy, it's like, don't just fly by Tracy, right? Say hi to Tracy, right? How you doing? As opposed to, hey, Tracy, and run off to whatever I need to get accomplished. I can take time to thank God in those moments. And it wasn't too long ago that I almost broke my ankle, and I was on in this boot, and I couldn't move, like... I wasn't able to walk very fast then, right? So it's just silly. I know it sounds silly and totally super practical probably for me, but I'm able to slow down and I'm able to thank God. Thank you for letting me walk. 
Thank you for letting me be able to move and to operate. And this can lead me back to places of joy and contentment and peace in the midst of a lot of activity going on around me. I can learn to slow down and be present to God around me in the moments of my day. As I slow down, as I walk slower, or I drive slower. Here's the other thing we've talked about before, right? But intentionally, good and beautiful God material helped us with this. If you remember that when we did that several years ago. But intentionally slow down as you drive. Get out of the fast lane. Go in the slow lane. Intentionally force yourself to slow yourself to make room for merging traffic. And as you do, pray for the driver of that car. As opposed to thinking about them as somebody who's in your way, that's inhibiting your pace and where you need to be, see it as an opportunity to ask for God's grace and blessing on the life of that person in that car who you knew nothing about. And you don't know what battles and challenges and struggles they're carrying with them today as they drive to work. Right? As an ambassador of Christ's love, we are called to be thinking that way about other people, to be praying for people in that way. And then the third way that we can learn to live in the now, and I've kind of alluded to it already, but is to look for God in the routine. I mean, think about it. I mean, again, I'm gonna, I, I, I keep saying this. It's kind of silly, but I, this is just super practical stuff, right? What are the routines that you engage in daily? Well, you eat. You sleep. Hopefully you shower once a day. You use the restroom. You go to the bathroom. Thank God for a functioning digestive system, right? You drive. You go to work, right? The list of things, you go to classes, you go to school. The list of things goes on and on. Do you believe, do you know that God can be found in these things? That he is present in these daily activities? Are these things in your mind and my mind divorced from God's involvement? Who is the creator of our eating and our sleeping and our digestive system and the need to take showers because our body is constantly working and getting rid of toxins and smells and all kinds of stuff, right? So that we're healthy. God wants to reveal himself to us in the now, in the routines of our day. And so how might you look for God in the routines that I just talked about? As you eat, right? I, I mean, as I grew up, it was just kind of commonplace that you always pray for your food after, before every meal. It was just kind of, and I didn't even really think about why we do that. It's just that, well, I guess I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to do that. But now, when I pray for, before a meal... I'm praying and thinking about it from a context of my gratitude for the food that's before me. Not just as a, like, a rote thing that I'm just supposed to say, but this deep sense of thankfulness for this meal. Like, I'm blessed to be able to eat this. And that if I understand communion well, which is what we're going to do this morning, that Jesus actually used food and drink to talk about his life. Talk about him giving us himself, his body and his blood broken for us, that he is our true food and our true drink. And so as I eat an In-N-Out cheeseburger, God can be present there for me in that, right? I can be thanking him. I can be eating. And as I eat, I can be saying, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this food and thank you for giving me life. 
not just physically, but giving me hope of eternity, living with me now. So yes, as I eat this, is it an act of worship to you? Yes, he can be found in eating a double-double. He can be found in sleeping. We can thank God for the rest. God is in the resting. God is there. And so before you go to sleep, asking God, would he give you a good night's sleep? Would he be with you during the night? Would he give your body the rest it needs this evening? And then when you wake up, thanking him in the morning for whatever you got. A little or a lot, right? Thanking him. Showering. I can't tell you how much praying goes on for me in the shower. Somehow just getting away from the distraction of stuff. Praying and thinking happens much better in the shower. Yes, using the restroom. Thankfulness for a healthy internal digestive system. Right? Driving. How can I show love and patience to people around me? Paying attention to the things and the people that I drive by. Working. Letting God guide me through my work and the hard times and the good times of work and thankfulness for employment. Right? These are ways in which we can be alerted to God's presence in the routines of our day. He is present, friends. He is present all of the time in all of our activities. Not just the times that we come and sit and listen to somebody preach about it. Or that we hear a great worship song on the radio or, or watched a great movie that, that touched us. God is present there as well. But he is present in the minutiae. He is present in the routines. And he wants you to experience life, hope, and joy in the moments of your life, no matter what they are. Because his presence is with us in those places. And so we can learn to live now by looking for God in the routine. You know, God's desire, again, is that we live with him each day. That we have a with him life. It's like he's just there with us all the time in all of our activities. In a non-nuisance, boring, get-in-my-way type of way, right? It's not the person that's kind of around you that you're like, okay, I need a break from that person. Like, he's there. He's wanting to fill you with his love and his peace. He's wanting you to see things from his perspective. He wants to open your eyes to see things maybe in ways that you hadn't seen them before. So that's why I feel that this concept of living in the now is so important because it's so central to our with God life that we go through throughout the day. The more that we walk with him in the moments of our day, the more our spirit is replenished, the more we are able to see the way God does, the more that the fruit of the spirit is able to be developed in our lives and carried out in our lives. God does not force himself on us. He's there. But he also allows us to take those aspects of, our own, of initiative with him. He's not going to force his presence on us in different places. But he gives us opportunity Darren, will you see me here? I'm, I'm waiting. In conclusion, I just want to look at one other passage of Scripture. It's in Luke chapter 10. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So she came to him and she said, Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to come help me. 
Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or, Jesus says, or indeed, only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus said, one thing is needed, to be with me. Mary has chosen the better choice. Didn't say that all that Martha was doing was bad. That being with Jesus was better. That was the best. This story sums up a lot of how we live our lives. The pace of life that we live in today makes us a bunch of Marthas. Always busy, always active, trying to produce, get things done. We live in a life of busyness and activity. And because of our busyness and activity, we can easily miss Jesus' presence sitting in the living room. Just waiting for us to come sit with him. And so as we learn to live in the now, it trains us. It trains us as people to become Marys in a Martha world. To be people that connect with Jesus in different aspects of our day the way Mary would, to come out of the kitchen, to pull off the freeway, to set aside time in the day, to meet with Jesus. And then to also find him in the activity, in the routine, in the uh, actions of our day in and day out existence. So, Essential number one, learn to live more in the now. Experiencing God's presence in that place. Jesus, we ask for your help. We thank you for the ways in which you have shown us yourself in these moments, in these places, as we find you in the routines, the busyness, the simplicity of our day. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the many blessings that you pour out on our lives. We are thankful for you. We are thankful for them. We ask that you would continue to help us see things through your eyes, to see life as you do, and to join with you, to walk with you during the activities, the moments of our day. To learn to practice your presence in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen.